What is up, everybody? Welcome back to uh, another episode of the Panthers Nation podcast, one that I am trying to compose myself to record because my, I mean, just, just my God, that was, someone said on Twitter, that was probably the most embarrassing performance we've had in, in rememberable history. And I, I mean, I'm trying to think even the Steelers, even the, even the, you know, Jake DeLone against the Cardinals. I can't think of a more embarrassing performance if I'm really, if I'm really, if I'm trying to think about it right now. Yeah. To lose like that, brutal. Scoring three points, which came early. We played three and a half quarters without a point. Uh, just completely demoralizing, especially where we were at. And this being a game that was, you know, really crucial into our uh, development of our season. It was, it, I mean, these past couple of weeks have really been kind of a turning point, I think, to decide the trajectory um, that we're going to be on. So today was not a step in the right direction. It was anything but that. I think we have a ton of questions going forward, not just the rest of the season, but um, major franchise decisions um, to come in, in the off season. Um, I'm sure we'll get into that <laughs> funny as we go today and the rest of the season, but um, it was a critical loss today and a, you know, a changing point in Panthers franchise history. I think, I mean, yeah, this has implications throughout like, uh, like right now, no one's safe. No. Nobody is safe. I, I mean, it was just demoralizing and it was, it was embarrassing for the least of it. I mean, like you didn't have, you got no Sterling Shepard. You have you got Ingram still. He did all right. Slayton, you know, you have. I mean, even Rudolph was coming up and doing some stuff. You got no Saquon Barkley. I just like, and because it's not just on reality, it's not just on the offense too. I mean, I am going to still push the narrative that your your defense is only going to perform so well up until the time when your offense. I mean, it, it really changed. It really came down to that to that that intentional grounding. I really think it's when the ball started, when the snowball effect hit, and everything just went off the rails from there. I mean, your defense, yeah, we we got a field goal beforehand, and that drive wasn't great, but we got a you know, I mean, that's a you know a perennial Panthers drive at least at the beginning of the game. You drive downfield, you have stupid mistakes or penalties that get you, you know, back in a field goal range, and you settle for a field goal, and then your defense, four plays. In the goal line, stops them every single play. Chin's in there, Reddick's in there. You know, they're making these plays, giving you the chance. Now, I'm not saying being back up in your own end zone is easy. But having the situational awareness to realize there are no receivers around you. There's nobody eligible to catch that ball. And that thing is, you are in the pocket. The thing is not getting past the line of scrimmage. You need, like, I mean, a sack, like, you're, like, a sack would have been a safety anyway, but at least in that point, you could have still saved some, you know, or you could have tried to throw it somewhere. I understand what you're trying to do, I guess. But if I'm the defense and I'm watching the, the – like, if I'm the defense, I'm starting to really get pissed. I really think I – I mean, this is this defense, from what I can th- think of, I don't think it's, like, egotistical, but, you know, they, they feed off of that stuff. They feed off of, you know – and so if they go off the field and then turn around – I mean, their backs aren't even turned around yet, and you're already – Given two points and putting them right back on the field, like uh, that's just when the whole game shifted, and then everything seemed to go complete. Everything, everything fell apart from there. It really did, and I think overall, as an offense, and which kind of leaks into the rest of the team, we lack that urgency. I think there's a lack of urgency, starting with a quarterback. 
um, as we saw with the with the safety there. Like it, there was very it was very preventable safety. Um, granted, our offensive line is not great, and we know that, and we felt that today um, with this. You know, uh, I saw a Panthers tweet, Panthers account with a running list of left tackles we've started since Jordan Gross retired, and uh, it got a little bit longer today with Brady Christensen out there. Um, you know, putting him out there. I feel like I'm talking about him every episode, but he's out there. Uh, struggled a little bit against Ojolari, another rookie, but um, that was uh, far from the biggest issue today. I think just overall as an offense, we lacked urgency. We lacked an identity, and we, we continue to lack an identity without McCaffrey back there. Um, I know Ian, um, shout out Ian in our uh, group chat today, uh, pointed out that since the first quarter at one point in the game, we'd had like nine rushing attempts between the – the uh, or the first drive and some at some point in the fourth quarter. So uh, the, the neglection of the run game just can't happen in the NFL. Um, you got to keep a balance. You got to um, be able to move the ball on the ground and have that physicality in your game. You got to be able to you know hit the other team in the mouth and say we're going to run the ball on you and you're going to have to stop us. At some point, you got to do that. Um, and you know there really is just a lack of identity because I can tell at some points we're under center. And uh, a lot of play action and stuff, but it, that's built like we're going to be a good running team, and we're not. Our offense, our passing game is built like we can run the ball, and we can. So uh, we're not LSU. We don't have two back-to-back -back, uh, defensive rookie of the years, and like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson will be. Um, and the thing is, where I, where I see it on paper, offensively, we, we have everything. We have like almost everything you can ask for. Granted, our offensive line isn't great. Uh, we have the skill position. We've talked about this all offseason. That's why we we're so excited. And, and through three games, we were really confident in what we had because on paper, we have the talent. We have the guys. Um, you know, Scott Federer, nobody can be complaining about him right now. Um, he's done all he can to bring in talent. And so – it's on there on paper. Just the execution is what is baffling to me and uh, makes me very worried after today because if we say we have all these guys on paper and we look great on paper, but we can't execute, how are we going to change that? So that's what, what I'm looking at going forward. And and that's, I think, for first off, I mean, yeah, I, I think the line definitely, I mean, trust me, I'm never going to be one to give any props to the line. The problem that I see is in the safety and the interception and some of these, he had time. Sam had time in the plays where he was making the mistakes, and that concerns me because that I, that puts more concern to me on Sam's mental state. Because like that 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 interception, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know where he thought that play was going. There was four guys around there, and of course it had to be Bradbury to make the pick. Of course it was Bradbury, and of course Gano was lining up field goals all freaking day. Like it's just like ghosts of Christmas past coming to kick us in the ass. But it was just like I, I mean like that safety. I mean, that the pocket class on a little bit. I'll give him that. But, like, I, I, the interception, and it was the same thing. And the, and the announcer talked about it. Jordan Gross was like – I was listening to the radio call. Jordan Gross was like, he didn't turn his head. He didn't look he, – he stared down the right – and, like, Shanti's talks about every week. He stared the receiver down. You cannot be an NFL quarterback and stare down receivers. You can't – you cannot do that. Any any cornerback worth his weight in anything – is going to eviscerate you if you do that. They're gonna they're gonna key in on it because at that point, like Sam killed the momentum of, the, of this game. I have to say, like that safety, you could have come on. Like yes, all right, we let up a safety. Not or you know, I mean no, we we stopped them on four plays. I know we're back to the end zone. Teams do this a lot. Let's just get a couple plays, get out of here. And then no matter what we've done, we've still stopped them on four plays, and they got no points at the end zone. When you 
then uh, you get basically your defense. It didn't matter that they stopped them on four plays. They still got points out of that possession. And then game's still close. If I am, if I'm not mistaken at the time, it was still five to three. It might've been, it might've been, uh, you know, it might've been 12 to three at that point. I can't remember, but you're driving. You're finally in the red zone. The offense is moving. Chuba can push through. DJ is able, you know, he's able to create some space. And again, and you throw that just momentum killing pick, just absolutely deflating the game. And that's, and, 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 and that's just killer. You can't do that. And it's real. I, I'm like, I mean, he's, I know he's already losing favor with half of Panthers Twitter. I'm trying to stay, you know, I mean, probably majority of Panthers. Twitter. And I mean, and it finally came out. I mean, that, it was not because we were getting, you know, the score margin was not the reason PJ came in. PJ did not come in because we were losing by a bunch. We don't need to get him hurt. That, I mean, like Matt can say, Rule can say whatever he wants in press conferences. That speaks volumes to me. If you take out your starting quarterback, that kills because I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with the decision, but I mean, for Sam, that's either a wake up call or a confidence killer. It, it only goes two ways, or one of two ways. Yeah, I mean, you you hit it right on the head. It really does, and I I don't disagree with the move. I think you know, getting just getting Darnold out of there a bad situation. Obviously, a hostile environment, and you know, he didn't play for the Jets, but playing in that stadium. You know, it's just a hostile environment. Had a rough day. Got to get him out of there. You got to get him out of there. The day's over for him. Get PJ in there. Who PJ is? What he is? We know what he is. He's not this. You know, you know, surprising backup that has a bunch of potential that we're excited to see. He's he's not that anymore. Like he was at maybe at the beginning of last season, where we were all excited um, at, of this question mark of PJ Walker. So I think today we really, I don't know, I really feel like it's confirmed that PJ is just a guy. He's not anything more than just a, a back up to maybe get you a win or two here and there, but he's not, he's definitely not the future of the organization. Don't know if we have that on the roster, which um, things really took a turn over a couple of weeks. I'll admit it. I was going to, I was going to say still, still confident in Darnold still, I'm not giving up the ship on him. I'm not going to, you know, throw things that throw the towel in just yeah he we've seen him have have success at the nfl level granted like we, we know the texans the, the saints who who is a good defense played early you know, weaker competition to start the year but um you could the flashes of potential were there and we saw him really in command when mccaffrey was playing um hopefully we can get him back right off at, right after he's done with ir that's going to be a uh, very telling decision that happens uh, when whenever McCaffrey comes off IR or not, if he's ready to be back, and it was funny. Speaking of McCaffrey, they show uh, they showed the uh, the graphic that we drafted McCaffrey at eighth overall, and they drafted uh, Saquon Barkley at two overall. And in my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, geez, neither team has done anything since those draft picks, and it kind of just confirms the whole running back in the first round in the top ten. Like, it's a real tough thing to do and still be good. And so that was just interesting to see. But um, as it is now, McCaffrey's a game changer. We need him back. Uh, that's when I'll really be able to have, a, you know, feel like I have a good uh, grasp of what Darnold is right now. It's very much in question what um, he is going to be for us going forward. I know next year we owe him $18.9 million. And um, that is going to be something that we're going to have to deal with. The draft is also – on everybody's mind, especially losing teams at this point in the season, not a lot of uh, you know top flight quarterbacks that have proved themselves yet. Not to say somebody won't rise to the top, but the quarterback position is completely um, in question. 
Donald might be the answer. He might not be. He's shown flashes that he could be, and he's had games where he looks like he's a you know, a top half quarterback in the NFL, a top 16, top 15 quarterback in the league and other games, you know, we, we have to make the decision to bring him out of the game. So um, this, the the second half of the season is going to be huge for Darnold. Uh, We know PJ is not the guy. um, And then it's going to be big to see when and if McCaffrey comes back, how our offense changes uh, because of him. Well, and it's funny you mentioned get him or you you mentioned the draft picks because funnily enough, also Dave Gellman, made both of those picks. He drafted McCaffrey for us at eighth overall and then went to New York, draft Saquon. So I don't know if that speaks more to the teams or to, to Gettleman's, you know, curse on organizations. But, um, I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, you, you mentioned Darnold not being, you know, showing those flashes. Again, in my mind, and I'm still going to stick to this because P.J., I mean, he didn't – he wasn't amazing. He did – I mean, I, I, I looked at the stat line. It wasn't great at one point, but, I mean, he – he was able to. He was making plays at certain points. You know, he was, he was looking like a backup quarterback. What we expected him to. I mean, I said this last year, and I, I'm going to say it again because I still think it rings true. It does not matter who you put back there. It does not matter who you put back there. You could bring Cam back. You could bring. You could reincarnate. You know, you could reincarnate Johnny Unitas and put him back there. It's not gonna matter who you put back there until you get this line figured out. We're going to be in a. We're going to not have a, a a established, efficient offense for the next for the next five years. I'm I'm just I'm sorry. We like we. You talked about the list of changing left tackles since Jordan Gross. Gross has not been out of the league that long. It's been a minute, but it hasn't been that long. And it's coming to this point where it's like the Browns and their quarterback situation. Like we have, we could get a left tackle jersey and run it down like an accordion down the line. It's, I'm sorry, it's not going to matter until you get a solidified, not bargain bin offensive line. And I get the offensive line. It's judging talent for the offensive line is kind of a, you know, it's kind of a crapshoot. You can have all these, you know, these, these physical things. You can have all these attributes. You can have all that in your scouting and in your draft report, and it could turn into nothing. You know, you could get a, you, it could be nothing. You get, you could be injury prone. I understand the offensive line position is such a niche position, but I mean, it's, it's people can like, people have shown they can do it. The Cowboys built an offensive line over the years. The Colts built an offensive line over the years. The Titans built an offensive line over the years. And you see that they are able to have established, you know, offensive offenses, Jonathan Taylor, Zeke, Derek. I mean, like you think about the running attacks they have with those guys. And then even the passing attacks, because you look at today and you're right. We never had an identity, and I think the problem is is the problem that it was kind of in 2015. I mean, you show like when it, when a team is really good, you the offensive line's presence in that aspect is not looked at. But when a team cannot perform on offense, you can pinpoint that and look at the offensive line. In 2015, when we when you saw the holes in our offense, it's because our offense was built off running the ball and long deep passes that take time to develop. Our offensive line when it was going up against an above average defensive line, couldn't, couldn't hold it, couldn't hold it as we saw today. And we've done it all season. Our offensive line, our offense gets into this rhythm where we try to establish the run. The run doesn't work. Not enough to, we, we try to use play action and deep balls. Sam doesn't have the time nor the mental capacity to allow and push those plays. That's the first quarter. 
Then second, third, fourth quarter, we're scrambling. We're just, okay, now we can't run the ball at all. Now we have to throw it 30 times a game, and Sam, and it's going to be quick three and outs because we'll run one play. It'll get stuffed at the line of scrimmage. Sam gets sacked or dropped back for a loss or throws one away. Then third down, something tries to happen. They can't convert. Like, this is what happens with our offense, and that's just it, that will deteriorate your entire game. And we saw it happen. I mean, this is the most inefficient I've ever seen our offense, and that is saying something. And, and it's the Giants of all people. Like it's not these are not the Cardinals. These are not the same. You know, I mean, like this is the Giants. We're gonna lose the entire NFC East at this rate. And I, we were talking about. I can't tell you the last time a team has lost to an entire division in one season, let alone that division being the NFC East. Yeah, it's rare to lose to an entire division, first of all, and um, to lose four games like that, all from the same division really just you know changes the whole aspect of your season changes the whole dynamic of what you're going through because you think about the average division there's a top team two teams that are borderline playoff teams and then one team that's completely out of it and to lose to four teams just like that all from the same division not to mention like you said the NFC East who Dallas looks great this year uh, I'll get yeah, to that, that yeah they're, that's that they're an exception but to lose too we're going to play, you know, the E, we played the Eagles, the Giants, and then Washington, like all very beatable teams. Today was a very winnable game. Um, you know, they have, they had good talent, especially on the defensive side, or the Giants do. And, um, you know, we saw it, some young, young guys, James Bradbury, of course, looking like, like, looking like the man out there. Um, and Graham Gano also, like you said, but uh, they're, they're definitely a beatable team. And that was a, you know, critical game, like I've been saying, in our season, and to lose to to them, who no Barkley, no Kadarius Tony, no, just losing all these weapons on offense. They literally had nothing on offense, and um, you know we let them score twenty five points. However, I don't think our defense did terrible. I think our offense put our defense in some really tough spots. Um, obviously, the two points, uh, the safety, but just not being able to move the ball, not being able to capitalize on field position battles really hurt us really you know gave that decimated offense a shot to score 25 points against us which um is unacceptable unacceptable and it, the defense shouldn't be blamed much at all for this loss um i'm really you know we definitely have our struggles and we definitely definitely have our weak points and places to improve going forward but overall as a defense i'm pretty optimistic uh for the rest of the year and then going into the future with a lot of the young pieces that we talk about and then offensively um like you said, they're going to be get, getting a lot of heat from the press, a lot of a lot of heat from everybody within the building. I could see there being a split between the offense and defense. The defense is out there balling, playing so hard, going out on the field after three and outs, and they know in that their head that if this offense scores on us, we might lose the game because our offense isn't going to score any points. That's what our defense should be thinking, and that's going to cause that's going to cause you know problems in the locker room. That's going to be a real problem, and it's up to Matt Rule to figure this out. If he can't figure it out, we could see we could see him going, leaving Carolina pretty soon, sooner than we all thought. I said at this point, everyone's in the hot seat. Every every single person, and because you, you a you can't put that kind of pressure on a defense. This defense is not at this point particular point, and it's, and it's you know in its gestation period is not going to pitch a shutout. That's not happening. Like, and you cannot say. They they can't be walking in this mindset because then they're gonna start they're gonna start attacking each other, 
because they're going to try to be so hypercritical. Even Mick Mixon, he called this team, he, called, he compared us to a prepubescent teenager at the beginning of the day, like saying we're going through our growing pains. We need to see, you know, what we can pull through. But right now, all I'm seeing is a child. That's all I see is a, is a, is a temper tantrum throwing child, you know, crying in the middle of Walmart. That's what I see this team as. Like, it's not going to, it's not going to work. It's absolutely not going to work. And like my concern is, I mean, with, with the defense, I talked about this last week and I'm going to say it again. The positionless defense is a great experiment. It's a great idea, but you need every single player either being able to do their job or you need every player healthy doing this positionless defense with Stanley Thomas Olivier. Like it's not going to work. I, I you, you can't like, uh, with the injuries we have, uh, Jermaine Carter, I love you, but you're not, he's not a middle linebacker. He's not a game, a, a defense leading middle linebacker. It's just, it's, it was show, it was apparent today. Like Shaq being out has just destroyed this defense because it's putting a lot of pressure on the front four because they got to get back to the quarterback. And you're seeing Burns finally had a sack today. We talked about last week, we were a little concerned about Burns, you know, his production. He's, he's shown these kinds of, ebbs and flows and over the last few years where he got, you know, he's got a month on, then he's got a month where you don't hear from him. And that's, you know, something he needs to grow out of, but it puts a lot of pressure on the front four because you've got to, you've got to get back to the quarterback. You have to, because you know, your, your, your defensive backs are depleted. Your linebackers are almost non-existent. I mean, I praise Frankie LeVu. He has done an amazing job. He is, he is outshot, you know, his expectations from what we thought bringing him in. It, it's still, you know, not, I mean, it's not above ground play, but for what we thought it was going to be, I mean, it was, you know, not even knowing who the guy's name is, you know, it, it, he has done coming and done very well to help out Jermaine. And when, you know, and of course, I mean, of course, Reddick, part of me is, you know, part of me is questioning what would have happened if we could have, you know, worked things out with Perriman. I mean, there was a reason we brought him in to begin with. And, and part of me kind of wishes, you know, we were able to work him out. I, I don't know. Cause I know he's been, you know, I don't know the stats now, but he was up there in tackles yeah. for the last yeah. few weeks. Yeah, he was. And, you know, mentioning Shaq Thompson and then we talked about McCaffrey and, you know, obviously J.C. Horn. All these injuries are really starting to add up. And we talked about these injuries when they happened. Uh, we talked about the state of the team at that point. And we were saying that somebody needs to step up. Somebody needs to step up at running back, at linebacker, especially being the leader of the defense. Um, you know, Shaq, we talked about Shaq being, you know, one of the veteran guys that's been here for a while, and especially playing in the middle of the defense, you're naturally going to be a leader. And um, nobody stepped up. Nobody, especially at that linebacker spot, we haven't had we haven't had a guy step up. And people have been talking about oh, Jermaine Carter, Jermaine Carter, like when's he going to get a shot? Well, the past year and a half, he's had a shot to play. He's have gave him the opportunity and he's not stepped up to be a plus starter in the league. I think he's a good player. I think um, he's a guy that you, you want on your roster, a good special teamer and a guy that can, you can work in at linebacker, but he's not a preferred starter to me um, going into the offseason. I think we have another need at linebacker, you know, preferably too. I think we need a starting linebacker, Jermaine Carter, you know, it's been four years, three, four years with him now. And he, you know, had a slow roll in the beginning, worked his way out of the field and just isn't special yet. He tried to, you know, redo his body, become a little bit bigger, more of that middle linebacker type. Um, and understandably so, because that's what we need. And he's really just not fitting that role to, uh, you know, the an above average level like we want, like we want, especially what we want in Carolina at linebacker. 
there's a standard at linebacker in Carolina. And if you're not going to be above average to great to elite at the position, um, you're, you know, it's just the way, the way it goes in Carolina, we, we we're proud of ourselves on good linebacker play. And, um, you know, with the defense being playing as, as it is lately, um, we might be going back to the days of, you know, relying on our defense here. And so to really maximize the rest of our defense, uh, linebacker play for the rest of the season is going to be important, whether Shaq's playing or not. We still need somebody to step up. And if Jermaine Carter can, you know, prove something late towards the end of the season, um, and he can prove to be that guy going forward, that would be huge for the, the overall state of the defense. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, I think another thing we kind of overlooked a bit is that we talked about it in the offseason. You know, we were excited about this defense, especially, you know, the depth that we were seeing in the defense being added in all these different positions. And we were excited because we were like, all right, cool. What you're going to have is this next man up mentality. One guy goes down, boom, you got another guy coming in. And I think we've seen that that's a little, that was a bit optimistic because problem with, you know, having a next man up mentality is you got to be able to coach these guys. Well, they're going to come in. They need to be able to fill in and fill in the blank right away. In 2015, we kind of had that, but you look at the coaching staff we had in 2015, Sean McDermott was head was the defensive coordinator. Rivera was the head coach. Yeah. Mike Shula was, you know, the offensive coordinator. We're not, you still had Ricky Pro, Ken Dorsey, I mean, and Eric Washington, like these guys are were, were established coaches that had a, a repartee with the players and a relationship to be able to, you know, facilitate developing that talent to where if Greg went down, boom, Ed Dixon in right now. If Stewart went down, boom, you know, Fozzie or Cap. If Thomas Davis or, you know, Luke went down, someone was coming in, you know, and, and we don't have that now. So these guys that are coming in, they're coming in green. They don't, they're running around like they don't know what they're doing. I mean, Keith Taylor, he, he had some moments today. I, he, he's showing me potential. And I'm honestly worried though, the longer we keep this coaching staff, the longer the coaching staff doesn't have their crap together, we're going to waste a lot of talent. We're going to leave a lot of talent on the field because they never get developed. And, and that's a concern for me. Like we cannot, like we have a lot of, especially when your team is made up of all these young guys, you have to be able to cultivate their their ability, and that's a, that's a concern for me. If you if you never can cultivate that talent, because the guys there's a chance they can do it on their own. You know, Shaq kind of was in in a lot of transitionary periods in terms of defensive coordinator, linebacker coach, the staff he was working with, and and throughout <clears throat> throughout all of that, he was able to still develop into who he is right now. And his lack, and you talk about it, like, I mean, we thought the defense was you know kind of was kind of set for the most part in mean, what was happening in free agency in the draft, but Linebacker still a need. Safety still a need. Like it, it's unfortunately not just the on the offensive line. Bouncing back to what you said about you know Sam Darnold McCaffrey, um, and you know how Sam showed flashes of of, of you know of ability to put, be a, a starting quarterback with McCaffrey in. Problem is that you can't really. Ha- I mean, like you can't do that. You can't be there, guys like that. That you know they can get by with it because the rest of their team is established. Like Ryan Tannehill, you've seen the Jet we Jeff and Trent, he's talked about it last week. He's gotten away with some subpar play the last few weeks. And you see, it's because like the way he played today against the Chiefs and the Bills, though, blown out of the water. But look who's back now. AJ Brown is showing out and Julio is showing out. Past few weeks, they weren't there. So he wasn't able to play without his best guys. Now, two years ago, he was doing that. You know, he didn't have to be AJ Brown. It could be Harry Blasengame or whatever the hell his name was. Sam, you're an NFL quarterback. Like Cam went and went to the Super Bowl and went to the playoffs multiple years with freaking Jericho Kachery 
and Philly Brown. Like the Super Bowl year, he literally lost his best receiver. Clearly, didn't you know pan out that way after the fact. But you know what I'm talking about. Like you have to be able to, you have to have that adaptability. And part of that's on the coaching staff because again, it seems like it seems like there's no resilience in this coaching staff. The minute something doesn't go their way, it's just uh, it, all, all hell breaks loose. They just sit. They're sitting in the corner, like, "Ah, oh, what was me?" And I, it's not like I, last week I said that I don't think they have a fire, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong, but I just don't think they have, you know, the if, if someone comes to try to douse their flames, there is nothing. There's no kindling there at all. There's no kindling to build back up. They just they shut down. They absolutely shut down, and I and I can't figure out if that's a growing pains thing. If that's you have to, you know. Develop as I mean, but you had they had to have dealt with adversity in college. I mean, Tepper or excuse me, Rule was building a rebuilding a program in college, and it's a bit easier because of recruiting and the amount of you know of 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 turnaround. But I mean, my God, like just show some some heart. Yeah, and you know, talking about this team versus our team in 2015. Um, you know, coming in, you, you like to think, and you it seems like. Rule is, you know, pretty blue collar guy, tough head coach, gonna, you know, be tough on the guys and get them going. But this staff and this culture is not like what we had in 2015 with Rivera and, you know, the rest of the organization who are mostly with the Bills now. And um, it's not that yet. And that's why one Cam is Cam and he's gonna be able to win when he was in his prime, just, just off his talent alone. And he can make things happen. He's the exception to the rule, one of the rare exceptions. Darnold is not that, and it's okay. It's okay that Darnold, um, he's not going to be a guy that takes um, a team of Ted Ginn and Philly Brown and all these guys um, real far. He's That's just not him. He needs the weapons around him, which is fine, but he's got to play within himself. He uh, the, the talent is obviously not the problem with Darnold. He's an uber-talented player, third overall pick, big-time big, big time quarterback at USC. Came in, he, and he's won games. He's looked good, and he's he's performed when he's really gotten everything to go his way. But when it's not going his way, it's just a mess, and he can't escape himself. He kind of reflects the rest of the culture and the rest of you know the organization where something goes wrong, we don't know what Darnold's going to do. Something he throws an interception, the next drive is just all question marks. We don't know how he's going to bounce back from this. We don't know what he's going to try to do. We don't know what he's going to do out of structure, like sailing a ball up into triple coverage where there's one receiver in the area. Uh, we don't know if that's going to happen or not. He's not to that point yet where he he know he he doesn't have the awareness of okay what he just did. How I how do I you know recover from that and. He when he makes a mistake, he's almost too aggressive to try to compensate for it, and that's I think his biggest issue right now, um, among other things. But the talent is there, and we've seen the talent. He just needs to put it all together. And he, McCaffrey or not, we have the guys to make it work. We have the talent. Um, you know, Chuba has not been bad. He's been a serviceable backup. Obviously not McCaffrey, but you look at the receivers, um, and although they've had their struggles and they're not playing at their best this year. Um, we have the guys for him to be good. And so um, it's really for him just developing that mindset of, okay, I just made a, a mistake, but the game's not over. I don't have to sell sell out all, and go all in on this next drive to try to fix things. Like I made a mistake. This is the NFL. I, Sam Darnold, I've been playing this league for multiple years now, and I got to figure things out. So that's, that's what he's got to do.
that's what Donald's got to do to to better his play. Absolutely. And I mean, like I said, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to compare this team to the Super Bowl team whatsoever oh, yeah. because there's no way that it's going to be. But I mean, you talk about and the things you were talking about, the way he his, his reactions were, the way he would deal with stuff in the situations he was in. I mean, to be honest, that was Cam the first two, three years. That was a big question mark people had about Cam was, is he going to be able to get his head level and, and perform under pressure and, and keep his cool? And so, I mean, it, it, it sucks because we're seeing it now. You know, we, we, we were able to watch Cam grow. He was on our team. We were growing with him. We could pay attention. And we saw the guy he was, you know, in his fifth, sixth, in his fifth, sixth year. Sam, we have no idea what he's been like, you know, over in New York. And we're, and now he's coming here in his fourth year. Would you expect, okay, man, like, it's time to be the, like, you time, we got to be a grown man now. And unfortunately, he's not there yet. So it's, it, it is a bit iffy. But you're right. It also, the problem is that when Cam was coming up, not necessarily super established coaching staff, but definitely at least, a coaching staff that had had NFL experience before. So it's hard to come into this, into a team where you are a microcosm of the, you know, of the mindset of your organization, at least from a coaching standpoint. Um, but at half point, we're going to let Jeff come in and rant a little bit as well. See what he's got to say, probably more of the same, but it's always interesting to see what he brings to the table. I just want to give you my two cents on um, what was really just an abysmal performance by a football team. Um, and, and I'm going to start off by saying this. I, I would fire Matt Rule before he even gets home on the, you know, from, from the flight from uh, New York. Um, this team is not ready to play football. It's just plain and simple. And, and, and when you can't, you know, you, you put up goose eggs in the second half, um, which has just become a disaster for Panthers. Um, you know, no points in the third quarter, no points in the fourth quarter. Um, they're just not a good football team right now. And, and Matt Rule uh, afterwards said, you know, I, 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 I benched Sam to, you know, hopefully give us a little spark. You need more than a spark. You need like a grand finale fireworks um, exhibition. You just, it's done. Um, I, you know, do you get rid of Joe Brady and Phil Snow? I, I don't know, but, you know, to me, um, I, I, it's done. I mean, Matt Rule, you know, in a, in a season and a half almost now or whatever, I don't know, close to that. Just not not getting the job done, and and they need more than that. That's number one. Number two, the Sam Darnold experience is done. That's, I mean, the first three great first three games, great. You know, he's performing. Everybody's like, ooh, this is Sam Darnold. He's you know Terry Bradshaw calling him are the future you know quarterback of the Panthers or one of the best to lead the Panthers teams. No, um, it's done. He's done. I, I just I, I mean I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, Matt Rule said he'd be the quarterback going forward. I'd put P.J. in next week just to give him a chance. Um, there are a lot of questions that need to be answered, but I just don't think Sam is it anymore. And, and, and so, um, you know, the defense gave up just over 300 yards, but it was to Daniel Jones and, and the Giants. Um, you know, you should be able to, to go toe-to-toe with the Giants. With that offense, and listen, I, and I'm going to make some people mad, Christian McCaffrey would mean nothing to this team. I just the offensive line is horrible. You got a quarterback who can't get the job done. Um, CMC, they just need to let him go and move on, I, and, and maybe get some value for him on the offensive line or something. I, I don't know. We're at this point now where questions. Uh, there's just too many questions. Um, we don't know the future of this player, but the deadline is November second. Go all in on Deshaun Watson. I, I, I mean, I he. I know that they, they said Miami's in on it, and uh, 
Somebody mentioned today that the Panthers were back in it. Listen, Tua played a pretty good game today in the loss to the Falcons. Showed some signs of life. Sam Darnold has done nothing. I mean, he has done nothing. Go get, go get Deshaun. And the, and the worst comes to worst, he doesn't play this year, but you got him on the roster for next year. And the, and the gist is, the Texans right now are choosing not to play him. There has been nothing from the NFL that says you can't play. It has been the Texans who've said, we're not going to play you. So um, he could come in and play. So that's just my two cents. Just abysmal. Um, I, you know, the Bank of America Stadium is going to become a ghost town because people aren't going to want to go see this. And um, um, it's a very pivotal point in this owner's um, tenure or legacy, call it what you want. Um, this owner has to make some decisions and make them quick or his uh, investment is going to uh, really turn out to be a bad one. So that's my two cents. Um, and uh, have a great week. Jeff, always the dramatic. I mean, he made he made some good points. He made some, I mean, like, I, I would disagree. I mean, I think Sam has, 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 shown, has shown some life, signs of life. I mean, I, I, we talked about it last week, though. I think the, the the glasses were definitely more the rose colored based off of how you know if the Saints if the if the Saints don't go out and do what they did against Green Bay week one and they say even just make that game you know like what we thought it was going to be if they didn't pick the living crap out of Green Bay which seems like such an anomaly now then that win against the Saints really wouldn't have been that much like we were already pissed in that Jets game for how much we underperformed the Saints game really was like oh wow like we can be really damn good. And even with the Texans, we're like, all right, you know, McCaffrey went down. We still won without him. Like, you know, we had a bunch of injuries. We still won without him. So I think, you know, I don't. What is your thoughts on Deshaun? Because I really don't. I, I, I need to know. Like, I mean, until the legal, until legally he is, you know, cleared of everything. I feel like we shouldn't even touch that. But I, I really don't know at this point because, I mean, I say that no quarterback, you know, whatever. But like, even okay, even if Deshaun comes in, what is his mindset going to be like? That's what I'm concerned. It's a huge risk, right? It's it's an it's a huge risk. He's in the middle of the situation um, where we don't really know what's going to happen. It's not going to be. He's going to play in the NFL again. And, and that's my belief from what I've seen, from what I've heard. Um, no, just just off the field, he's going to play in the NFL again. You know, he's likely. I he could get suspended by the league. There's definitely very big possibility of that at some point um but he's not right now and um so it's just a really unique situation with Deshaun and you know what does that do to you know your your team as a from a culture standpoint from a PR standpoint Jeff talked about filling Bank of America Stadium what does that do for that does it help it does it hurt it does it you know you don't know and it's a huge risk um it's the sean watson the um the texans aren't going to trade him away for nothing whether he's in the middle of the situation or not they he, they know he's not playing there but they're being smart right now by sitting on it waiting because they know his value is not going to be at its highest right now it's not at its highest it's hard for teams to you know, trade for a superstar player like that in the middle of the season when he's in the middle of a legal situation. It's just not just not easy to do. And when he first um, this first started developing, we were um, in the in the trade talks for it, and um, all of a sudden it just went downhill and it just stopped because if you trade for him and he doesn't play it for you ever again, it's going to be a complete sunk cost, a complete waste because you know you're going to 
you're not going to get him for pennies on like we did for Stephon Gilmore. You're going to have to give him multiple first round picks, um, even if he is um, his future still is in question. So it's a huge risk and one that at this point, I say I would finish the year with Arnold. I would finish the year with Arnold, see what we can get out of him. We traded that second round pick. We played six games and he's looked good in three of them. So that's enough for me to be like, okay, let's finish out the season, see what we got in Darnold. Then from there, we can see if Watson's available, what his situation's like. Has he even gotten traded yet? Um, you know, I'm willing to take the risk on Deshaun getting traded to Miami if that means we we figure out what Darnold is, if that makes sense. We figure out what Darnold really is, go all in on him. Like Sean Tease mentioned in our group chat this week, rules got to figure this out with Darnold. And, um, you know, if not – you know, complete changes are going to be coming. Maybe, maybe even for that head head coach spot. So, that's kind of my my overall temperature on Deshaun. It's a real tricky situation. There's not a, a real answer to it. Of course, it's a huge risk. Um, but personally, I would finish out the season with Darnold and see what you got. I mean, half of my half of me is like, you know, what do you got to lose? Like, what do you have to lose? Like, what do you have to lose? The other half of me is like, you know, and, and then because also like, say, I mean, if he is cleared to play and like, because I mean. Unless, unless like the NFL would like the like, because unless there is something, I mean, if there's if there if there are criminal charges that go through and are act and, and fall through, like he's he's not playing again, he's not. So my mind says if if he comes out of this, you know, oh these were, you know, even I mean, unless you know they buy they you know pay off the people or you know whatever, but like if he comes out of this, you know, with a with a, he's he, he's proven innocent, then I mean. Morale mindset wise, like yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it, his his mindset wouldn't be that far off, I'd imagine. And as far as how it looks, isn't the it wouldn't be, you know, I think end all be all because, I mean, um, like unless you know the animal paid it off and then has pushed it under the rug, then for the most part, then he would be cleared unless because he actually did do all these things. When that's a whole different story. But you're right. I mean, like for me, I just. Sam, I need you to play well in the games you're supposed to. You, if you want, if you against the Cardinals, if you fumble the ball or throw a pick, I understand. That's the Cardinals. I don't expect us to. I don't expect you to do well there. I need you to win the games you're supposed to win. The Vikings game, like you did, just what it was about as run as the mill as that we thought that game was going to go. Like you know, you you throw the stupid pick early on, but then you orca you orchestrate the comeback drive in the in the final two minutes, like. I, it's hard to grasp, but it's inconsistent. But like you know, at least there you like you showed from beginning and end of the game some progress. I need to see that progress because these are the Eagles, Giants. These are games you're supposed to win. The Cowboys, yes. I mean, I'm not going to hold you for throwing three picks against Diggs. Like that's it's Diggs. He he's been he's been doing that all season. But like for these games you're supposed to win, like against the Falcons next week, man. If you throw two if you throw two picks to the Falcons. Don't 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 come back into the stadium. Like if, if you if you play this way, it's like you like you think the Panthers fans have been bad now. These aren't division teams. Look how happy they were when you beat the Saints. When you beat a division rival for the first time in three seasons, you lose to the Falcons again. You're 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 done. You're you really. I mean, like you're not going to have any fan support. I promise you. What, I mean, what Jeff talked about, you know, like rule take a nap for a spark. That's not how you ignite a spark in your team. I understand you maybe want to, you know, light a fire under Sam's ass, you know, like, oh, you're going to take me out. Well, now I'm going to, like, 
that's not the way to ignite a spark in a team. That is like saying, that's like saying I'm going to, you know, it's like it's like disciplining a child at that point. Like that's not the right way to coach these. You're 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 missing the you're missing the point. You're missing the problem. The problem is not just on Sam. The problem is on and that's my concern with this coaching staff. I I, I want to know how introspective this coaching staff is. They I, they have to know they're part of the problem. But from what I've been hearing in these press conferences, it doesn't sound like that's their mindset. Last week, they put it on, or, you know, against the Eagles, they put it on the defense. That's not how you, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like they're not very owning up to their mistakes, like most coaches would be. Yeah, and it's it's a tough spot because it's not, it's no longer the day and age where you can just, you know, bench your starting quarterbacks like that. And, you know, they say, you know, two starting quarterbacks, you've got two starting quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks. And so going back and forth, back and forth between two guys is it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't work anymore, especially with the way guys, you know, they think um, it's a league, it's about money and guys are ready to move on. You see in college football now with the transfer portal and the NFL with the ability to move from team to team, like guys, um, you know, aren't going to, you know, they're, they're made all these promises that they're going to come in and be the guy, but then when they get benched, you know, they start worrying and they start, um, you know, you know, you know, like in switching back in, they're going to, they're going to play different and it may not be for the best. And it usually isn't, it's not, it's not good to, you know, I don't know if I'm going in the drive or not, if I'm the quarterback, I don't know if they're going to, it's going to be me or it's going to be PJ Walker. Um, you can't have that. You can't have that division in the locker room of who your if who your starting quarterback is. And it, to me, there's no question that um, we don't have a quarterback battle, but not at all. Um, you know, last year I could see it with Teddy because we knew what Teddy was. We knew that he wasn't going to really push the needle at all. So I could see why last year people were, um, you know, wanting PJ, especially an unproven PJ last year. But, um, you know, the coaches, you know, and the way things are as an organization, you can see it on the field. You can, you can see it with our main players, um, obviously Darnold, and you can see it with our receivers who have been struggling in the past couple of weeks with the drops, Robbie Anderson, uh, just, you know, kind of being phased out of games um, a lot lately, which is really frustrating to see from a guy that we just paid and, um, you know, are really looking forward to in the future. So, um just, you know, the coaches, the locker room, it's got to change. It starts with Matt Rule. Um, you know, it starts with him building culture and getting the most out of these guys because he has absolutely not gotten the most out of Sam Darnold, uh, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, all these guys, especially in the past couple of weeks. So um, he's really got to turn it over, and that's his job. We have these guys on paper. We have all the talent in the world that you need. Now it's up to, you know, Scott Fitters, and they're giving him all these weapons, all these players that are, you know, are so great and making all these trades. And Fitter is sitting there like, well, Matt Rule, you're not getting the most out of these guys. And that's got to be real frustrating. And that's our problem right now is Rule is not getting the most out of our key players. And that's what's hurting us. And, I mean, we talk about, you know, the offense not having an identity. Or the team. I mean, our coaches, our coaches don't have an identity. Brady has had a very established identity, and we've seen nothing of it. Absolutely nothing. Because I don't care if you don't have the talent to say make your plays work. The Giants ran the Philly special with Daniel Jones, and it worked. So don't tell me we don't have the guys to run these trick plays you want. To, you think we want to do. Like, if you say you're that dynamic of an offensive coordinator, 
just run the plays. Like now that Shy's been in, he started to do a little bit, but then he got one, you know, behind the back, behind the, you know, tackle for a loss and stopped. He just gave up. That's the thing that pisses me off with Brady. You try, you try, you try. It doesn't work once. All right, no more. Like that's not what coaching is. And it's the same thing with kind of giving up on Darnold. You think Rivera would have given up on Cam like that? You think? Could you imagine if Rivera benched Cam back in 2011, 2012? A, Cam would have probably, you know, thrown a, a, thrown a bitch fit. But, like, it shows resiliency in your coaching staff to go, no, I'm not going to just quit on you. We're going to put you in there, and either the team's going to suffer or you're going to get your crap together. And I'm going to help you do that. And when you when you bench Sam like that, I mean, it just, to me, it seems like you're giving up. Because we, like you said, the novelty on PJ has worn off. I'm sorry. I love that he's in the league. It, 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 he's just a story. Like, that's – he's not awful, but he's never going to be a starting quarterback. Like, I'll see. I'll see. It, it, he, his ceiling was probably Tyrod Taylor. His floor is, like, Geno Smith. Like, he's not – he's not – I'm serious. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to be a starting quarterback. It, the novelty's worn off. Like, it's just – it's not going to work. So, you have to work with the cards you're dealt with. It's not like college where you can go, okay, next year – We'll draft. We'll sign a freshman. He's a five star. We'll put him in. No, like it, you get very and it's what Chauncey was saying. You get very few chances at quarterback. Coaches do not outlast, for the most part, three different quarterbacks, especially ones that you assume to be franchise level, unless you know there's an injury or a trade or you know some outside existential circumstance. Most coaching staffs do not outlast three quarterbacks. It just it doesn't happen. And you keep these guys in. Like, you don't see them getting taken out. You don't see that kind of happening. And it makes you it look bad when, you know, especially if you're giving up on him like this. Someone put a tweet out that the Panthers passed up on Justin Fields, created a second rounder, a third rounder, and, a, you know, whatever. We, and a fourth rounder, I think, is what we had traded. Only to bench him in game seven. Like, that doesn't look good on you as an organization. That doesn't look good as a business. Like, it was just, to me, it was a very... It was. It, it just seemed like you were giving up. It, it really did. And this was not the game to do that. It absolutely wasn't. If you were gonna get, if you were gonna put him out, like, I mean, the Cowboys wasn't because he started to come. And, and that's another thing. Like, you, you you talk about Sam and the way he. I mean, the Eagles was bad. Eagles was bad. There was nothing. No ifs, ands, or buts. Eagles. I mean, he still had there a chance ish. But look at the Cowboys. Look at the Vikings. Whether you want, you, you can attribute to those to whoever you want. But end of the day. Both of those games came down to a score. And and I'm not saying the Giants – I mean, clearly the Giants games are not going that way. And Sam has – yes, does have his faults. I want to be very clear. Sam has his faults. And it sucks because we're in a, such a weird place as our team. It's, 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 I, I, I empathize for the fans that are pissed because I watch Sam and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But then you look at the coaching staff and going, okay, what are you doing? Like, you're not doing anything to help this man. You're not, you're not, you're not giving, I mean, like he's got weapons and that's another issue. I'm concerned about Robbie because this is two weeks in a row now. He's dropped multiple passes and this wasn't an issue last year. Like he might've gotten taken out of games, but that's because he was either covered or, you know, DJ was doing his thing or just, you know, Teddy was being Teddy this year. Like, there now the target like we were wondering where the targets were now the targets are here and, and I, I i'm just i'm concerned i don't know if 
the relationship between Sam and Teddy isn't what we thought it was going to be. I, I mean, this is something that we thought we could really capitalize on. And it's come up to, it's amounted to nothing. Yeah. Um, it's a tough spot going forward. And we talked about it with Arnold with the coaching, coaching staff. We could have a bunch of new faces at the top next year. We could have a bunch of new faces. Um, Hopefully, hoping Tepper sticks around. Hopefully, they don't just you know completely blow out the new regime. That would be um, that be something else. Considering we got a got a GM that we really haven't disagreed with many of the moves that he's made in the past six months. So uh, that's kind of my standpoint at the top. Um, on a good note today, um, uh, to talk about some some of the bright spots, I thought Kenny Robinson, you know, two weeks in a row, looking like a great special teamer, some a guy that you know we drafted, bounced in and out of the practice squad, um, stuck around on the end of the roster. So I wanted to give him a shout out for you know looking like that he's firmly cemented himself with a roster spot on the fifty three, and that he's got a. Uh, you know, he's got a very important role on special teams and he takes he takes pride in it. And we see that in the past couple of weeks and, you know, against Minnesota, obviously creating that, you know, a big play for touchdown and then, uh, you know, a couple of key tackles this week. So, uh, you know, Kenny Robinson is a uh, is a lone bright spot today. So I was happy to see that from him. And, you know, hopefully um, hopefully he can. Uh, you know, develop into, you know, potentially a starting safety for us, because that is a big need. I say I definitely want to see him more in the safety position. I mean, yes, pay your dues in special teams. That's where, you know, a lot of these guys are able to make it, you know, make their buck. But I do want to see more of him. Another guy, I mean, we'll, and I'm going to be positive first and then be negative. Uh, Keith Kirkwood, awesome to see him back after, you know, what was a pretty, you know, a, a scary injury there in the, in the preseason. Um, I mean, he was he, he was there today. From what I hear around the team, he's one of the, just the nicest guys. And he, he made, you know, some impact. He had a couple of catches. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's just a good story. Good to see him, you know, playing and getting to do things again. That does, though, speak to a much larger issue that I have. Erickson was out this week, or excuse me, um, Zoster was out this week. So what we had heard was, you know, Shy was going to be the guy. Shy was going to be, we were thinking Shy was going to be number three. And, and, and he, like we said, had the one, the one jet sweep that, that, you know, did not work. And then... They, did, they didn't try it again. And my issue has been, you know, Shai's finally healthy. Up until last week, Terrace was healthy. You you spent these picks. You wanted, like, everyone can say the one about Grady, Brady Christensen, but at the end of the day, like, he's still our third-round pick. And instead of getting a lot an offensive lineman in the second round, we went with Terrace. And Joe was very high on that. And now, like, we you have these dynamic receivers that you can, you know, it's not like, Robbie and DJ were like, yes, they can do that, but we don't want to like, we want to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. We don't want to put them in positions that are going to put them in, you know, that are going to, you know, out, out either, out, you know, over, overuse them or, or put them in danger. Chai and Terrace, throw them into the fire. They're young guys. They're scrappers. Let them, you know, let them run around the field. Like we're not using these guys. Shy was like nothing today. Shy was not, he, I don't think he ran an actual route today. I think he literally just had the jet sweep and then I can't remember anything else. Harris, we'll see what happens when he comes back. You know, him being out definitely hurt as well. But I mean, even before then, he wasn't really doing that much. He really wasn't. And so I'm just, I'm concerned because it's looking like, you know, like the Titans about five years ago and the Browns about four years ago. Um, even like, I'm trying to think of some other teams where you've got all the talent in the world on paper. You've got all the talent, but you can't put it to the grass and actually make it work. And so that's just kind of, again, I'm afraid of this wasted talent. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a little bit scary. I, I mean, we know we have talent. We know those guys that we drafted are all very talented. Um, as we nailed that draft, I mean, thinking back, we were one of the top top graded drafts of, in, in the whole league, and these guys are young and, and talented. And I think, you know, looking at the guys we picked, obviously JC when he was in, you know, playing like the guy that we thought he would be. Uh, Terrace Christensen, both were younger. Um, Mark Terrace Marshall being a younger player, um, one of the younger players in the class, Brady Christensen being um, a guy from, you know, a smaller school, BYU playing lesser competition. And Christensen was a guy that was more athletic, and a little bit more raw. So um, looking at those two and then a couple of our other picks, uh, our draft overall was was young and it was um, a little bit inexperienced. Um, some of our guys were from smaller schools playing against lesser competition. And, um, you know, all of these picks weren't ready to go right away. Um, they were, it was a little bit of a de developmental draft, a little bit of a developmental picks, and that's perfectly okay. So um, from my standpoint, like just trying to stay patient with these guys, knowing that all right, Terrace Marshall isn't going to be, you know, what he's going to be right away. He's, he's a hugely de developmental uh, receiver and he's going to need the work. Same with Christensen at tackle. So um, I really just hoping that we can develop these guys the right way with, within our coaching staff, because we have the talent, just like Donald, they have the talent. We just got to use them the right way and, you know, let them develop in the right way. So they can be, you know, develop good habits as, as players and be, you know, what they can be, especially uh, being, you know, second and third round picks. No, absolutely. It's just, it's, it's, again, this hard line to walk of, you know, patience and then also, you know, wanting to, wanting to perform and, and do so in a way that doesn't make us look like the laughing stocks of the NFL. So, you know, it, it's, it's a new week. We're owing it. We're zero and zero as that mindset worked out so well at the beginning of the year, but until next time, keep pounding.